RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Andrew Shirovsky. The headlines, sources tell RTHK the SAR is set to report a record tally of more than 600 COVID cases this afternoon. The medical sector lawmaker urges the government to extend class suspensions until the current COVID outbreak subsides. And the Consumer Council says complaints about household electrical appliances surged during lockdown last year. Sources say health officials will today report more than 600 new COVID-19 cases, which will make another daily record for Hong Kong. The last record was set on Saturday when 351 patients were confirmed. Health officials found 342 cases yesterday, all locally acquired. They expect the recent rise in cases in the SAR to continue. Medical sector lawmaker David Lamb has backed calls to extend class suspensions beyond February the 21st until the current wave of COVID infections is under control. He says the current outbreak could take up to three months to subside. Dr. Lamb urged the public to observe hygiene and social distancing measures and get vaccinated. And he stressed the need for people to stay at home, urging the government to prolong the class suspensions. There are studies internationally that Omicron spreads among children who are not vaccinated in particular. Therefore, it is uh, wiser to close schools, these close the physical the physical on-site education so that we limit the number of spread among school children, especially to elderly and immunocompromised people at home. Health officials say overnight lockdowns have ended at Hing Chung House and Hing Tai House in Tai Hing Estate. More than 5,500 people were tested with 15 preliminary positive results and one indeterminate. Meanwhile, lockdowns at Mei Sao, Mei King and Mei Chi houses at Sha Tin's Mei Tin Estate and Leung Kit House and Leung Wai House at Leung Kin Estate in Tun Mun are expected to end shortly. A worker at the Social Welfare Department's office in Wong Tai Sin has tested preliminary positive for COVID and the Lung Chung office block will be closed today for, for cleansing. The department says the Social Security assistant last went to work last Monday. She wore her mask during work and her temperature was normal. The department says all staff on the same floor will work from home while they wait for COVID test results. And a fireman serving an Apley Chow fire station has tested preliminary positive for COVID. The fire services department said he last worked on Thursday and didn't have high-risk contact with the public. The department has arranged for the fire station to be cleaned and disinfected. The Consumer Council says it's received 2,500 complaints about household electrical appliances last year. That's up 27% from last year and the highest for all categories. The council said the rise came as consumers have been spending more time at home because of the pandemic. It said it received around 2,200 complaints about telecommunication services such as 5G mobile services. Here's the council's chairman, Paul Lamb. Because of the COVID pandemic, a lot of people are requested to work at home for various reasons. And students are no longer required to go to school. So most people spend relatively much more time at home than what they used to do in the past. So it's very natural that they would see, perhaps perceive that there's a need to replace uh, new electrical appliances to suit the need. For example, they need a better air conditioner, vacuum cleaner, things like that. And that gives rise to complaints concerning quality of goods. So I believe we can say that the increase is a direct result of the pandemic. Overall, the watchdog received more than 27,000 complaints last year. That's down 11% from the previous year. 
Meanwhile, the council also warned that prices for daily necessities sold at supermarkets will continue to climb in the coming months, noting that the pandemic is a factor. It said the prices of 230 products it monitored at supermarkets rose by almost 2% from last year, with nearly 65% of the price increases outpacing inflation. In particular, the prices of canned foods jumped 20%, while frozen meats rose by 10%. Here's the council's chief executive, Gilly Wong. We have also checked with the suppliers. They're also having a lot of challenges in shipping different kinds of goods into Hong Kong. So unfortunately, probably consumers have to suffer in the next few months about further inflation on different kinds of daily goods. So we urged consumers to make use of the online supermarket price watch from the Consumer Council and compare the product prices from different supermarkets first. If you want to save money from your supermarket shopping, you can buy the cheap cheapest one from different shops so that you can save the most of your daily purchase. The police say they've arrested a 64-year-old man on suspicion of murdering his 68-year-old brother, who was stabbed to death with a fruit knife in Tai Po yesterday. Officers said the suspect called them to a village house in Tin Liu Ha in, on Sisan Road, reporting that his brother had collapsed. The man was certified dead at the scene. The Education University of Hong Kong says its president, Stephen Chung, won't seek reappointment after his current term expires on August the 31st next year. In a statement, Professor Chung said it had been a privilege to have worked with the council members, colleagues, students, alumni and supporters at different stages in making EDU Hong Kong what it is today. Professor Chung has been the president of the university since 2013 when it was then known as the Hong Kong Institute of Education. It was renamed in 2016. The university said it would carry out a global search for a successor. A leaked UN report says North Korea is continuing to carry out cyber attacks to acquire cryptocurrency in order to fund its weapons programs. The BBC's Michael Bristow reports. Pyongyang is subject to strict international sanctions because of its nuclear and other weapons programs. These have reduced its opportunities to earn money through legitimate trade. But North Korea continues to develop its weapons. This leaked UN report says theft from cryptocurrency platforms is one important source of revenue that allows it to do so. It said Pyongyang stole $50 million from 2020 until the middle of last year. Last month, another report from a U.S. research firm said North Korea had stolen far more in cryptocurrency last year, perhaps as much as $400 million. The French President Emmanuel Macron is expected to arrive in Moscow later on Monday for talks with President Putin as Russian troops remain massed on the border with Ukraine. Mr. Macron will also go to Kiev later this week. The French president has held a series of phone calls with Western allies and his counterparts in Russia and Ukraine ahead of the visits. The BBC's Lucy Williamson reports. Having spoken to his Russian counterpart three times within a week, President Macron is now going to meet him in person. It's a high-profile test of Mr Macron's belief in European-led diplomacy, and he'll want something to show for it when he meets the Ukrainian leader in Kiev on Tuesday. Before leaving Paris, he told the Journal du Dimanche newspaper that Russia's current objective was not Ukraine, but a clarification of the rules with NATO and the EU. Cautioning against expecting any unilateral measures from Moscow, Mr Macron said it was necessary to be very realistic, but that he believed President Putin was open to discussing security issues. He said dialogue with Russia must not mean weakening any European state. The security and sovereignty of Ukraine or any other European state cannot be compromised, he continued. 
just as it's legitimate for Russia to raise the question of its own security. The mayor of the Canadian capital, Ottawa, has declared a state of emergency in response to more protests by truckers against COVID restrictions. Jim Watson said the city was completely out of control. In a statement, he said the protests posed a threat of safety to the residents. The BBC's Arjun Shippers has this report. The truckers have paralyzed the center of Ottawa for more than a week now, angering many residents by their blaring horns into the night and blocking roads with their vehicles and tents. There is no solution in sight. This weekend, police in the Canadian capital said they would step up enforcement and arrest anyone delivering food and fuel to the protesters. The so-called Freedom Convoy began as a protest against vaccine mandates for truckers crossing the border with the United States, but has developed into a broader demonstration against COVID restrictions imposed by Justin Trudeau's government. Canada's Public Safety Minister Marco Mendocino told the Canadian broadcaster CBC that the so-called Freedom Convoy posed a threat to citizens. I'm very concerned about the various reports that we've heard from Ottawa residents. You know, we've uh, heard about uh, threatening and intimidation and the spread of spread of hate. Uh, we've seen Confederate flags and swastikas flying on the hill. That's absolutely unacceptable. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 24,547. That's 26 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $68 billion. And in currencies, the U.S. dollar will buy you 115.26 yen. The euro is standing at one U.S. dollar and 14 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 53 cents. Sport now in the Californian-born Chinese freestyle skier Eileen Gu fluffed her second run but still qualified for the final of the big air competition. The 18-year-old who's captivated China since switching allegiance from the United States in 2019 got 89 in her first run and 72.25 in her third and final effort, which was enough to get her into tomorrow's final and a chance of a gold medal. Megan Oldham of Canada topped the qualifying rankings. Gu, who has a Chinese mother and American father, is also competing in the freestyle halfpipe and slope style. Defending Olympic champion Michaela Schifrin has crashed out of the women's giant slalom on her first run at the Winter Games, while Swede Sarah Hector took top spot after taming the Ice River course at the Yanjing Alpine Center. Hector, who leads the World Cup rankings in giant slalom this season, set the pace with a time of 57.56 seconds ahead of Austria's Katarina Trupp in second place and Italian Federica Brignone in third. The medals will be decided after the second run, which begins at half past two this afternoon. Sadio Mane has fired Senegal to the pinnacle of African football. The Liverpool Stars scored the game-winning penalty as Senegal defeated Egypt to lift the Africa Cup of Nations for the first time in their history. The BBC's John Bennett reports from Cameroon. It was a final that turned two Liverpool teammates, Sadio Mane and Mohamed Salah, into rivals. And there was drama between them after just seven minutes when Senegal won a penalty. Before Mane took it, Salah told the Egypt keeper which way to dive, and the spot kick was saved. After that, Senegal couldn't break down a resolute Egypt side that seemed happy to take this game to a penalty shootout. But when it came, Egypt missed two spot kicks, and in an amazing twist, it was Mane who scored the winning penalty. The former Manchester City defender Nedum Onoha praised Mane for stepping up to take what turned out to be the winning penalty after missing one early in the game. 
Think of all the conversations we're having in the lead up to this tournament where some people are downplaying the tournament itself. But you look at the emotions running through these players in these moments. Playing for their country is everything. Yeah. For all the joy that Manny feels. You see this from Salah, he's brought, he's brought to tears. Because this, this would have been everything for him. So the trophy he's, he's not won yet. Mm. And what a chance to win it as captain of your own nation. So for you know to see the other side of it for Manny, what a great moment to win you first. And he did what he needed to do in the game. I said everybody else defensively, it was, it was great, it was solid. And then you go to the lottery penalties, but can you, can you take yours, can you score yours? Mm. And then to see Mane stepping up for the fifth penalty with the chance to win the whole thing on the line, what a great penalty it was. Senegal's president, Macky Sall, has declared today a public holiday to celebrate the historic win. Mr. Sall has cancelled the last leg of an overseas trip in order to welcome the triumphant Lions on their return to Dakar tonight. In England, the non-league side Boreham Wood will face the Premier League side Everton in the fifth round of the FA Cup after winning 1-0 at second-tier Bournemouth. It's the first time since 2017 that a non-league side have reached the last 16 of the competition. The Boreham Wood coach, Luke Gerrard, was proud of the way his team kept the opposition from scoring. We've come here to a side that are in the championship and have aspirations to get to the Premier League. I genuinely believe they will do. We've kept another clean sheet. We've come to a side that score goals and we're now not conceded in our last five FA Cup games. We're going to Goodenson Park. It's, there's so much going on in my head at the minute that um, yeah, I need to digest, enjoy a few beers and then regroup tomorrow. The FA Cup holders Leicester City are out after a 4-1 loss at second-tier Nottingham, Nottingham Forest. The Leicester boss Brendan Rodgers questioned the desire of some of his players. It's a hunger in the team that, that this team's been together for three odd years, and I can see some worrying signs there. But um, with some of our players, unfortunately, but uh, but it's something we've got to go again. We've got to get back in, and uh, we've got a tough game now and a big game on on Thursday. Uh, but today was nowhere near good enough. Liverpool were three-one winners over Cardiff at Anfield. Harvey Elliott returned to the Liverpool lineup after missing five months with an ankle injury and scored the team's third goal. His teammates Diogo Jota and Takumi Minamino were also on target. The director of football for the Dutch champions Ajax, Mark Overmars, has resigned after admitting sending inappropriate messages to female colleagues. The former Dutch international who played for Ajax, Arsenal and Barcelona said in a statement that he was ashamed and saw no option but to quit. In December, he had signed an extended contract with the club. In the NFL, Mike McDaniel has been hired as the head coach of the Miami Dolphins, replacing Brian Flores, who was sacked. It makes him just the fourth minority head coach in the National Football League. The 38-year-old McDaniel will be taking on his first head coaching role after spending the past season as the offensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers. The other three minority head coaches in the league are Pittsburgh Steelers' Mike Tomlin, New York Jets' Robert Saleh, and Washington Commanders' Ron Rivera. And to end the news, the top stories once again. Um, sources tell RTHK the SAR is set to report a record tally of more than 600 COVID cases this afternoon. And looking at the weather, the temperature right now is 16 degrees Celsius, relative humidity 91%. That's the news from RTHK. I don't need a reason for.
to the 123 show with me Sadia Osmani. Hope you've had a good weekend and you're keeping warm. My thanks to Phil Wienum for the morning brew and I ask you I know you're asking what's on the show today. Well, we have a new feature called lockdown. We've been living with the pandemic now for 2 years and at some point or another some of us have had to isolate or go into quarantine. So if you are going to be locked down, what five things would you take with you? You can choose a book, a movie, an item of food, your favorite track of music, plus one other item. So what are you going to put into your suitcase? 
Well, my guest today after 1.30 is RTHK's very own Anne-Marie Evans, who is my first official guest on lockdown this year. And we'll find out what she would like to take with her. So it's totally up to her, but she has to include those items. After 2.30, Marcy Trent Long joins us for Trash Talk. This week, she's talking to Executive Director Wanda Mayer from the Kaduri Farm and Botanic Garden about their animal rescue efforts in Hong Kong, as well as their own initiatives to support the environment. 